Don't you remember yesterday I was saying to you that tomorrow we might go to future world? While we do our final systems check, please make sure your seat belts are buckled and tray tables are in their upright and locked positions. It's time to celebrate! Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 386 for the week of November 30th, 2014. I am here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my books, audio tours at the parks and more. So whether it's your first time visiting or you've been to the parks hundreds of times, whether you're planning a Walt Disney World vacation or love the history, details, secrets and stories, there's something in the show for you. And if you're a new listener, go back Check out some of our older, all of my past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes, as well as the website over at www.radio.com. So this week, I'm going to answer more of your questions as I open up the inbox. We'll discuss how to get a resort upgrade, the Polynesian updates, in-room babysitting, must-do dining, the Seven Seas Lagoon Island Mystery, Disney gift cards, Disneyland versus Walt Disney World, the Disney World Marathon, La Cellier, special events, rapid refill mugs, and then I'm going to ask for your opinion about traveling solo to Walt Disney World. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some updates, announcements, including information about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World and your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Since my very first podcast, which I can't believe has almost been 10 years ago, I've always wanted to do two basic things with this show. One, try and help you have the best possible vacation experience and enhance your enjoyment and appreciation of the parks. And two, connect you to this place when you can't get here as often as you like. And today, I'm hoping to be able to do both of those things. One, because I'm going to answer your listener emails. And two, because I'm coming to you from Walt Disney World, quote-unquote live, as I sit in the shadows of the monorail here at the Grand Canyon Concourse at Disney's Contemporary Resort Hotel. I love this place. I love the nostalgia. I love the smell of gingerbread off in the distance as the holidays are in full swing. And of course, when I answer emails, you know I always like getting a little bit of help or Becky Mankin. So today... I want to welcome back, of course, my friend, maybe yours, Becky Mankin, CEO, CFO, CTO, CFO. OMG of Mouse Fan Travel. 
Nice. Almost 10 years, huh? Really? You don't look a day over almost 60. I'm just really proud of you right now. I'm like an old man in the podcasting world. (laughs) Kind of are. You've been around a long time. But but that makes you good at what you do, right? Well, the jury's still out. So (laughs) we'll see at the end of the show if if people seem to agree. That's called a nice negative. Go ahead. All right. Let us go Mm -hmm. right into, because as always, we've got a ton of emails. And oh, by the way, if you have an email that you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com. Just like Shelly Sanholm did, who said, Lou, I want to tell you how much I enjoy the show. Also, your recent book, which is also great, 102 Ways to Save Money at Walt Disney World. And I was looking forward to maybe seeing you at Walt Disney World a couple of months ago when we were there. But unfortunately, I don't think we did. Uh, But I have a question from you, for you, not from you, for you. We are staying at the Contemporary, which is why I'm here. And I know that I can call them and put my request in for a certain room or level. We're celebrating my husband's 60th birthday and our 30th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Our family has always loved Disney, and we might not be able to make it down for a few years, and I want this trip to be not just special, Becky, super special. Where is my super special suit? (laughs) Do you think I should ask for an upgrade? And if I did, what kind of room would that be? If you could give me your opinion, that would be great. Thank you, Shelley Sanholm. Becky, I'm going to turn this one over to you, but my first reaction is, it doesn't hurt to ask. It never hurts to ask. I will say, though, and preface it, with upgrades on the fly aren't as easy to come by as they were in the past. And several times it also depends on the time of year because you're probably not going to get a free upgrade when you arrive in the dead middle of summer or in spring break or sometime during the time that they're going to be sold out. Disney's done a great job of filling space in their hotels, even during the quote-unquote off-season. You might remember that it used to be we would tell people to come here the first or second week of December, and it's now crazier than ever during that time period. So if the hotel is full, they're not going to be able to accommodate an upgrade. But having said that, it never hurts to be sure that your celebrations are noted, because you never know. A celebration might put you ahead of the pack. Um, If you are using a vacation planner, make sure to tell them and let them know, and they'll be happy to note it as well. Uh, And when you check in, make sure that you ask. And it's possible, the way you put it, is are there any upgrades available at check-in? That might mean they come back and say, sure, and it's going to cost you an extra $50 a night. So be prepared to know if you're going to say yes or no to an extra cost for your upgrade. What I would say, my biggest piece of advice is if you have your heart set on a special room, if you really want that Magic Kingdom view, if you really want that water view, it's really best to just book it outright to make it special. But having said that, always good to ask. And if you do ask for an upgrade, some of the things they could give you is a different view. Mm -hmm. They may take you out of the, you know, the garden view room, the garden rooms, put you in the tower instead, do something like that. Correct. Like here at the Contemporary, you might start out as a standard garden view, or sorry, garden wing room, which is off to the side and not in the actual tower. They may move you from there into the tower with a lake view as opposed to a theme park view. If you have your heart set on something again, make sure you just go ahead and book it outright to, to celebrate it correctly. But upgrades can go anywhere from just a garden to a, or from a parking lot to a garden view, as opposed to doing something from like a parking lot up into a tower view of the Magic Kingdom. And tears wouldn't hurt either, Shelley. Like, really, like, bring your A-game and just lay it out. 
Again, uh, you know, it couldn't I hurt. It will, I'm a sucker for listen. A woman cries. Well. A woman cries. I'll give her anything. Yeah, I probably I shouldn't have said that out loud. Right now. I'm totally All right. So I'm going to move from Shelley's question to, <laughs> to well, it's you. Yeah. Um, Steve <laughs> right. says we we are huge fans of your podcast and we look forward to each new episode every week. We would appreciate your feedback regarding the following question. We're planning a trip to Walt Disney World in April 2015, and we are planning to stay at either the Polynesian or Beach Club Resort. I've heard that the construction at the Polynesian will be very heavy at this time. Based on this information, do you think it's a bad idea to stay at the Polynesian? What do you say? Thank you, Steve. So, all right. So the, Break this down. Right. So, first of all, I love the Beach Club. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've gotten on record many, many times in terms of location and amenities and things like that. That being said, I have a soft spot, a big soft spot in my heart for the Polynesian. However, you're right. It is going to be uh, under renovations, and it's sort of a rolling renovation. So, for example, right now we're recording in mid-November. We're expecting the Great Ceremonial House lobby to open probably sometime next month. However, you don't know when the beach and Sunset Point, the pool bars, the pool itself. Listen, Moana Mickey's Arcade is still closed, which me and my son are very upset about. So... Yeah, if you're coming in April, I, we're expecting that renovations are still going to be going on. Uh, you not know, and again, not knowing where you're going to be, how much time you're going to spend at the resort, you need to take the thing, those things into consideration. Yeah, and that construction cycle is constantly moving. So right now, we're hearing that the general construction area is going to be all the way up through possibly March of 2015. Um, the ceremonial house, the last information I had that it could actually be as late as into December before we see it. So it could be a few weeks. But then again, if they have a construction delay of any sort, that could run, uh, run it into January. And the one that, that kind of concerns me the most is the pool. We're hearing the pool is early 2015, as I say that with air quotes. Early could be anywhere in the first quarter all the way through right around April. So I'm expecting or hoping, I guess I should say expecting, I'm hoping that they'll have that pool ready before Easter because, of course, that's their big season and they're probably trying to get things going before then. But if, again, if they were doing the rates at bargain basement rates to stay in a construction zone, that's one thing. This is your vacation. And if you're spending a lot of money, get the value for what you can, I would suggest you go to the beach club just to be safe. However, if this doesn't bother you, if you think that by March, April, you're going to be okay, try the, the poly. But I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards beach, especially with April when it, we're sitting there with the pool being early 2015. Yeah, and you said we are fans of the podcast, so I don't know if we means you and a friend, you and your wife, you and your family. So I think you're right. I think the thing, because when you say construction zone, it doesn't look like you know, there's not cement everywhere, but if you are looking to get into the pool, if you're looking to get into certain longhouses, yes, it, it is going to be under construction. You need to sort of go in with that level of expectation. But if you think about using the pool, want to take full advantage of all the amenities, you may be better off and safer at the beach club. And look, you, you can't go wrong there. So mm, storm true. along bay. Very storm true. along bay. The next question comes from, I have to scroll all the way down because there's lots of them, Mike Zegon. Wasn't that the guy from Ghostbusters? Oh, that was Egon. Close enough. Lou <laughs> and Becky? Hey. Question mark? Yeah, I love that when that happened. No, nah, that was that a question mark so at the happy. end of that. What? I'll be traveling with my, with my wife for our anniversary and our two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I'm looking for a little guidance from some experts. They weren't available, so I emailed you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You didn't say that. 
Becky, I promise no math. Oh, that he actually did twice. say. <laughs> I like this guy We're going to be staying again at Port Orleans French Quarter, which we love due to its compact size and easy walking. I agree. One, wow, he breaks it down like subsections, and it's, I feel like I'm back in law school reading a... No math. Remember? No math, but lots of sub-subsections. Okay. My wife and I are planning for one of our eight nights in the world to be just the two of us and wanted some suggestions, guidance for child care. I know our daughter is too young for the resort child care center, so we wanted some of your takes on some of the third-party in-room babysitting services available. We really just are looking for enough time to hit, oh, I love this man, Blue Zoo, for a nice long meal, bring your stretchy pants, and maybe a carriage ride over at Riverside. How cute and romantic. What are your thoughts? I'm going to stop here and hit this because I have experience with this, both with going to Blue Zoo and stretchy pants and using third-party child care services. I've said before, I am a very, very overprotective parent, but I can tell you that the first time, and I've used it many times, that I let... Well, the only time really I let sort of an, an outside non-family member take care of my child was in Walt Disney World when I used a service that is actually recommended by Disney known as Kids Night Out. And when I say babysitting service in sort of those air quotes, it is a lot more than that. It is not just somebody who sits in the room, put, you know, starts texting, puts on the TV and throws your kids in front of it. It really is a caregiver. It's a helper to a parent if they need it. Uh, they will come to your resort room. They are um, they are very heavily vetted. They are, you know, insured. They come in. They're uh, if I remember, it's sort of a purple logo shirt, and they have age appropriate toys and activities and games and books and crafts and things like that. And for one child, it's only sixteen dollars per hour, which might sound like a lot, but remember, you have an added convenience of them coming to your resort. If your child gets tired, they will put him or her down to sleep and will be there when you get back as opposed to picking them up somewhere else, getting them in the car and and schlepping them all around. Uh, I will tell you that we have used them multiple times and very, very highly recommend the service. The caregivers have all been awesome. Yeah, two things to add to that. Disney doesn't recommend third parties lightly, and they actually do recommend them officially on their website and in other resources. So that tells you something right there. And second, for people who may not know, they also provide mother's helper services, so not just in care. So if you want to come down here and you've got a bunch of kids and you just kind of want to have a vacation, but you want to have somebody help you along the way, they provide that service. And while it's not relevant at the Disney hotels, they also provide in-room pet sitting services for those hotels that offer it too. So they're a really well-rounded, highly recommended company, and I think you'll, you'd feel really good. And of course, if they passed your muster, then I'm sure that they're going to be just fine. Yeah, and you can visit their website by going to kidsnightout.com, and I'll put that in the show notes. Subsection 2, Part D, E3. He says, I've recently seen that during our visit, the Walt Disney World Railroad will be down for refurbishment. Thanks to the magic of the internet and YouTube, Every morning, my daughter and I watch the Magic Kingdom welcome ceremony and sing Good Morning, Good Morning together. I almost broke out in song. (laughs) The arrival of the train is one of the high points of the show, and I'm a bit sad that it's not going to happen. First of all, will they still do the welcome show without the train? Secondly, if so, will the train at least be part of the show or will it be absent in its entirety? I got good news and I got bad news for you. Uh, They will do a welcome show, but the train, from what I understand, will not be present at the station. Um, When it's under refurbishment, the vehicles will not be out. Well, you know, there's only one thing for you to do then to make up for that is to sing for her. Really. 
You talking to me? Yes. You almost broke out. This Are you time. talking to me? <laughs> I'm going to move on to F3. Lastly, my daughter, like most two-year-olds, has a small head. <laughs> Don't ever tell your daughter she has a small head. It'll scarf. I was wondering. Stop it. This is not funny. I was wondering if anyone else has either tips as to where one can get or make smaller size 3D glasses for the various shows and attractions. At the least, any tips on how to keep the larger adult-sized glasses on her face? Staples, staple, oh, no. like like the antlers on the reindeer and Scrooge. You never see Scrooge? Yes. Um, I'm one size actually does kind of fit all. I'm trying to remember when my. What did you do with your kids? What did you do? Do you remember? Who said I took my kids to Disney World? Really? Daddy's working. We know he's here. Here. He's here for research. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember. I think you, you may have to sit there and sort of hold them. Pray for a nap. Pray that she takes a nap. <laughs> wow. Oh, you put the microphone to me. Thanks. Because I, I don't really know how to, where to go with that besides, yeah, you already took the Scrooge line, so I'm kind of in trouble there. I honestly don't know. Because I, I, you're the one with children, so I have not been through that whole scenario of having to hold them on their face. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I, I guess I we may remember, have either... I don't remember. I don't remember seeing any other sizes. No, I don't believe there's... Now are just the, the thin plastic. And they so. do have sort of... They do sort of... Um, you know, they bend and stretch, and they do sort of get smaller in the back, so... Yeah, great idea. We should take your kids out of school tomorrow, and then... Or, or go and just grab a kid in the park and say, here, come here, put these on, and see what happens. There's so much wrong with that statement, because there's no way you would actually go to Disney World with a child. Wow. Anyway, he says, thanks for the entertainment. My hour car ride to work and back every day is greatly improved by our company. I consider you and Becky... And sometimes even Tim, my carpool buddies. Well, then take the carpool lane. There's four of us with you. I just wish you'd all throw in fuel every once in a while. I guess I can't win them all. Thank you. I'll be looking for you on the TTA. Thanks, Mike Zegon. Becky, send the man a fuel. Send him a gas card. Isn't there an app for that? We could find like an app, an app to you know hold something on somebody's face. Isn't I'm gonna. You know what, no Mike Zegon? If I see you when you're here, I'm gonna give you gas money. This I'm gonna give you like ten bucks for gas money, no which will get that. you like four miles. That's, but I'm that's gonna, really sad. And you're you're a dad. That's really sad that we don't have an answer for all that. All right. Matt from Jackson, Mississippi says, Lou, my family and I are in the early stages of planning a trip to Walt Disney World, and I'm looking for a couple of dining reservations. My friend, you've come to the right place. We'll be using a dining plan, but are not looking for anything terribly fancy since we will have two children ages five to nine. You just said three things in there that automatically exclude Becky from this conversation. Not fancy and two children. (laughs) We'd prefer something more kid-friendly. There's three. Being, wow. the re- <laughs> being the resident all-knowing authority on all things Disney, dining-related, can you offer a few must-try dining suggestions? Oh, my friend, sit back, relax, and let's talk about kid-friendly dining in Walt Disney World. Uh, listen, I don't make the news. I just reported. This is his question. It just happened to be about food. Listen, man, you are coming to, like, the premier place for kid-friendly dining. Um, I will tell you that there's not a lot of restaurants that I would say are kid exclusionary. I mean, take Victorian Alberts and maybe in you know, Arcusis and, and some of the higher end restaurants, maybe so. Every place to a certain degree is kid friendly, but here are a few of my favorite things in order by park. And you almost sang that one too. I almost did. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace, right? Breakfast with Winnie the Pooh. I have a small, I have a big soft spot for Winnie the Pooh as well. Be our guest. A lot of fun if you can get in. Also, if you can get into Cinderella's Royal Table, it's a great environment. 
Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe with yeah. Sunny Eclipse. Oh, c- kids love Sunny Eclipse. Okay. You have, you've never been there before because they don't have concierge service. I know. Uh, drug me in, in, in Epcot Center, Akershus, if you can get to the, the Princess Breakfast at Akershus, Teppan Edo. Kids love the hibachi and Big Daddy loves his sushi. Over at uh, Hollywood Studios, 50 Primetime Cafe, and we all love the sci-fi dine-in and love the, I think the menu has been vastly improved there as well. Uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, Tusker House, also character meal you can get there, Rainforest Cafe, and quick jump around the resorts, Cape May Cafe, great place to meet characters, beaches and cream for burgers and ice cream. Right here, right behind you, Becky Mankin. Chef Mickey's. There's lots of kids there. The Hoop-dee-doo musical review. Everybody should do it at least once. Ohana, Whispering Canyon Cafe, and Downtown Disney slash Disney Springs T-Rex Cafe. Have you eaten in any one of those restaurants before? Yes, and as a matter of fact, every single one of those were exactly what I was going to say. I'm sitting there going, he's not going to hit at least the resort so I can bring up... Um, Whispering Canyon or Ahana because those two really are so family friendly and so much fun and and you can eat your face off in those places too <laughs> yes and Ohana I love the games particularly because kids get a little restless and you got a uh, cousin who grabs them and you run around and do the games around the tables and it really is a lot of entertainment and a little bit of relaxation for mom and dad and the family has a great time I have five words for you. What? All you can eat meat. Wow. Like, come on, man. It's a win-win for everybody at the All table. Right. You're, you're good to go. I, I, Those are exactly the ones that I would suguest as well. I think, my gosh, we actually thought alike all the way down the list. I'm not liking that trend at all. All right. Uh, Josh Rippey from Clearfield, Pennsylvania says, Lou, I'm a longtime listener. Thankful for everything you do for everyone. My fiance and I are currently planning to have our wedding on the Disney Dream in 2016. I love it. We were wondering when the best time to cruise is as far as price. We would like as many family and friends to come and the lowest price would be best. We were also wondering if Disney offers group rates or if a travel agent, <clears throat> Mouse Fan Travel, does group rates and bookings. Any information you could provide would be great. Thanks again for everything you do. Again, that's Josh. Becky, I'll take this one. Not summer. No. Not summer. <laughs> How's that? Just not summer. Not summer for, for best rates. You're right. Anytime the kids are... Um, out of school, you want to avoid if you're trying to look for best rates. Let's let's kind of take these one at a time because there's a few different things that he brought up. The first one is, as of the time of this recording, DCL does not offer discounts or benefits for groups. And you probably have heard other cruise lines offering what they call a TC or group rates. Um, Disney Cruise Lines does not participate in group programs. So they, they just simply feel that there's enough demand for their normal rates that it it's not something that they see as an immediate change. We're hoping it might change in the future, but just not right now. They have uh, only four ships, so there's not a lot of, of space for them. In the meantime, the key to getting the very best rate is to go during the off season. So the off seasons are going to be September and October, sometimes in November, January, away from um, any holiday type of, of time period. But more than that, book as early as you possibly can because the rates do increase as the ship fills. So the day that it releases is the lowest tier rate you can possibly get your hands on. Um, so if you do that, smart DCL guests book at release, lock in that early booking savings. And as long as you're not concierge, 
or booking a suite, then your money, your deposit you put down is fully refundable until time of payment. So it's, you're not at risk if you do that. Um, when you come comes to some things, though, that travel agents can do for you, first of all, if there does happen to be a new offer that comes out or a rate that, that lowers down for you, a travel agent can watch that for you. In addition, you'll see that out there some people do promise onboard credits, which is basically a rebate of their commission. At For us, and different agencies handle it differently, but at Mouse Fan Travel, we do provide an added value to cruise bookings, but realize that some clients will get more benefits from other options besides just an onboard credit. So each of our agents kind of tailor their bon voyage gift or their benefit to the clients to determine what's going to be the best way to say thank you for your business. And sometimes an onboard credit is not the best fit to make it most magical. So that's probably one of the things when you come down to a discount or a a benefit or money off with Disney Cruise Line is the closest you're going to get. Um, and again, that whole sailing during off seasons when, when kids are in school and September tends to be the lowest because you have a double whammy there. People have just got back into school. Many people have already traveled during the summer. And um, you also have that little thing called hurricane season in there, which scares a lot of people off. But I will be really honest with you that sometimes a ship can be the very best place to be during um, a storm because they can sail around it or move into different areas. So that tends to be lower rates between the September January. And if you're really looking for the lowest rate during the warmest time, May can also be a good rate as well. That's a lot of info in one. And Josh, look, if you want to go with as many friends as possible, come with us on the next group cruise. We've been, if we look, if if we do the dream, listen, maybe we should do the dream again in 2016. We'll try and do it around Josh's when he wants to get married. You'll have if we, if if we go to you know in, in wedding party, the, built-in wedding. Party. It's like 500 friends in your at your wedding. How cool would that be? Drinks on on Mouse Fan Travel. Um, so yeah, there you go. And certainly, obviously, MouseFanTravel.com. Becky and her team can certainly help you out with that as well. Uh, Rob says, Lou, I've been listening to the show since last October and just love the podcast. It is one of the best, and I've almost caught up on all of your past no podcasts. Way. That is a whole lot of Lou, my friend. <laughs> I am so sorry. Wow, I commute twelve hours a week. Where do you work? The sun. Um, <laughs> so it gives me a lot of time to catch up. I just listened to the podcast you did on River Country and the one on Discovery Island. I went to Google Earth to take a bird's eye view of both of them. And now to my question. I noticed in the Seven Seas Lagoon, the Middle Island has something on it. Do you know what this could be? Becky's giving me, don't you dare stick that mic in my face. (laughs) Do you have any idea what, okay, do you know, first of all, do you know where the Seven Seas Lagoon is? Yes. Okay. There. (laughs) No. I, I have a guess, but I, I don't know if I'm right, because sure. I, I know the old sanctuary. But I'm guessing that there's possibly some of the pyrotechnics stuff maybe ported out there. Somebody said that at one time, that one of the pyrotech shoot-off spots was located out there for the round. Wait, you don't... You don't know what's out there? No. I, I you don't know you don't know about Club seventy one? Really? <laughs> nice try. You don't know about the private Club, lounge out there, Club, Club seventy one? Is that where you swim to every once in a while? Yeah. You're, you're like you show up on the shore and you're like dripping wet, it's from that. Okay, there is no Club seventy one <laughs> out there. Uh, but I will tell you, Rob, you are very, very observant. And I thought what I thought you were gonna say is you thought it was gonna be the old wave machine 
for the Polynesian. And now you're going, oh. what wave machine at the Polynesian? Yeah, oh, there no, was. I a, heard about that, but I, who knew that it would be that far out? So. It's not. Okay. Uh, actually, what I think that you're seeing are speakers for the electrical water pageant. Would they be that that's, big? That's the big, yeah, that's the big show thing yeah, that goes yeah. up. Um, and I think there's probably some utility stuff that's okay. out there as well. Do not try and get out there and see it for yourself. You've tried that before? No, but I'm just <laughs> telling you, don't be like, I'm going to take a water mouse and go find out what it is because just so where just are the don't. rumors of pyrotechnic operations then? Is that totally... That's all? in your head. That came from the sunken treasure you just had. <laughs> and by sunken treasure, I don't mean the actual treasure, sunken treasure. I mean the green fruity thing that you get Moving from on. the lounge. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Dear Lou... And Becky? See, I love it when they... they I love but that. he put a question mark at the There's end. No question mark. I was... Oh, my God. What a screeching sound. <laughs> I was reading 102 Ways to Save Money for it and at Walt Disney things. World. Shameless plug. His, not mine. And you talked about saving and using Disney gift cards to gather funds for the trip. I think it's a great idea. And last time I was down there, I picked up an awesome Mickey as a Jedi gift card from Star Wars Weekends as a souvenir. And I, for Christmas this year... We'll be asking my relatives for some Disney gift cards. Who needs clothes from Target anyway? <laughs> when there's a Walt Disney World trip on the line. I love it. Per your suggestion. Uh, I'd love to start saving up for my next Disney trip by adding funds slowly but surely to the gift card. But I guess I'm worried about putting such a huge chunk of charge, a huge chunk of change on a piece of plastic that isn't connected to any sort of online account. With all the other awesome tools through my Disney experience, do you know if there's a way to link a gift card to my account so if it, get lo- if it gets lost or stolen, I can still claim it. Or a way to link all of my gift cards together so that I can see the total pot of money I'm pulling from. If I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's something Disney consider should consider, uh, I want to thank you for the show and the good work you do during my last trip. After hearing your discussion about some of the lounges and late night spots in Walt Disney World, my traveling companion and I wandered over to check out Martha's Vineyard at the boardwalk. We went in the afternoon. It was perfect timing. Because just as we walked in the door, already pretty exhausted from three days in the parks, it started raining torrentially. Welcome to Florida. What an awesome place to rest and relax and enjoy a few, or in Becky's case, many drinks while the rain fell. And that's sincerely, Sean from Port Angeles, Washington. In my backyard. In, in your back. You live in Snoqualmie, Snoqual, whatever it is. So he wants to, can you link a gift card to your My Disney Experience account? And I think the answer is No. And is there any way to sort of link the cards together so you can see what you're pulling from? I think that's also no. The advice that I would give you is to take a picture of the back of the card that has the number on it. So I don't know if it may help you, but if it does get stolen or lost, you may be able to go to guest services and show them that that's the card and maybe somehow put a stop on it. I don't know because it really is sort of like, it's like cash. Yeah, you want me to be completely, purely transparent and honest here? Yeah. There was a point where people were just getting hundreds of gift cards. There, there were times where people were getting $5 gift cards or $10 gift cards and they would give it, them to us and we would call in gift card after gift card after gift card and it it became such a problem in the call center that um, Disney actually came up with what they call the Disney Vacation Account, which allows you to be eligible for extra gift cards for the every $1,000 you spend on qualified vacation purchases. And there, it is something that if you put money into this Disney account, you can view it, you can see how much is going to go towards your vacation and so on. Um, you can still, and one of the biggest rumors that I'd love to clear up about that is that you can still use your vacation planner. You can use a travel agent and you can still book using a Disney 
education account. And they're trying to incentivize people to use this little new product. So they're basically saying for every 20 or for every $1,000 you spend in qualifying purchases, you're eligible for a $20 Disney gift card on top of that. So you can actually make a little money on top of what you're stashing away. So I think that's what they're trying to lean towards because there's no way to track it. And like you said, if you do have a gift card, the best way to do that is to take a picture of the back and cross your fingers, but it's just like handling cash. And I don't know, I don't think you can actually, and maybe this is a question for a question, can you go to the Emporium and take 10 $5 gift cards and, it, and buy a $50 gift card with the gift card? I don't, I don't know that you, I don't think that you can use a gift card to buy a gift no, card to sort of consolidate. Right, you, have to, you can't consolidate it that way. Yeah, I don't believe so either. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum because you don't want to, that's just like putting money under your bed and stepping yeah. under the bed. One of the things you might want to do instead is get a vacation account either through Disney's um, way of doing it or doing it through your bank and just having um, an account that's specifically linked that you could move money over into your vacation account and then use it when it's time to pay. Just guard that fanny pack, yeah. man. Don't lose your gift cards. Uh, next question says, hey, Lou. And Becky, if you're there, I've tried to get rid of her unsuccessfully, clearly. I have a foodie question about the Disney dining wow, plan. So Booyah! Love. So love. My husband and I are going to Walt Disney World to celebrate our first wedding anniversary for two weeks. Becky, if you wow. are there, we've been working with Jan Peppy from Mouse Fan Travel, and she is wonderful. Oh, thank you for I wouldn't that. have known about you or her other than from WW Radio. I, I, I added that. I, no, I added that part in. <laughs> we, like you, are Disney foodies. So we can't wait to go to a ton, in all caps, of different places. So far, we have reservations at, here comes the big list, he says. I'm going to shoot through these pretty fast. Narcusi's California Grill, which we just left, by the way. Chef Paul, Yak and Yeti, Boma, Tony's Town Square, Brown Derby, Fantasmic Package, Be Our Guest Dinner, Blue Zoo, Booyah, La Cellier, <laughs> hoop doo Musical Review, Sci-Fi Dining Theater, and a Breakfast at the Whispering Canyon Cafe. Oh yeah. <laughs> On top of all this, we are there during the Food and Wine Festival and looking forward to visiting all of the booths, as well as attending the Parisian Breakfast and Tequila Tasting Lunch. You, sir, better bring stretchy pants. So basically, we are planning on eating the entire time, and maybe we'll have a moment to take in a ride or two. These are my people. We are taking advantage of the free dining plan, something that we've never done before and are wholly unfamiliar with it. So my question is this. Since we're going to so many restaurants, will Disney allow us to order only one order of food and share it using only one sit-down credit? So in other words, can we go to Yak and Yeti together, order lunch for one, split it, and pay with only one sit-down credit? Or will they automatically charge us one credit each just for being there? I hope that question makes sense. Sorry for the long email. We both love the show. Been a Disney fan my whole life. My grandfather, Albert Jeans, was actually a part of building Disneyland. He was brought on board in very early stages as a transportation expert. They needed a, a firm system of transporting all the heavy steel through the orange groves, and he was brought in to devise such a system. So my father has memories of going with him and watching all these crazy people standing in the middle of the orange grove talking about some park that Walt Disney was building. I've been scouring his archives for pictures of my grandfather's work. If I ever find it, I'll be sure and send you a copy. Thanks for creating such a community and for people just like me to gather and revel in what makes us happy. All the best. Tori, love the email. Thank you very, very much. 
for that. So, first of all, love you because of the oh-so-many delicious choices. But, Becky, the question is, if they're using the Disney dining plan and they want to go to a sit-down restaurant like Yak and Yeti, counter service is different because you can do whatever you want there. But for a sit-down restaurant, if two people are going in, can they order one item on one credit and split it? And believe it or not, the answer is yes. And we have run into this on several occasions. And sometimes you have to to make sure when you talk to the server. But honestly, we've every time that I've run into this before, the restaurants will allow you to order one meal for one credit worth of food that you can share. And you can just use the one credit, which is great news. It's not a feature they advertise, obviously, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that, but it's not a feature they advertise, but they're incredible about accommodating those needs. And it's usually used um, to accommodate people who may have had bariatric surgery or other medical needs, or just for those who may not eat as much, certainly not for Lumangelo. But you, you can elect to buy additional food like an appetizer with cash to go along with it. If, say, you've got one that you're splitting, but then there's something else you want to add to it. Yes, you can do it. So, Tori, this is where you and I part ways. Sharing lunch? <laughs> Come on, man. That is certainly not. Right. not clearly, we're not dining together. So not meant for you. All right. So next, all right. Look, you're clearly stacking the deck here because the next question starts off by saying, hi, Lou and Becky, if she's joining you. If I'm, is there a question about that? There will be going forward. He says, me and the wife are looking at our next trip and are looking to, at the possibility of going to Disneyland for a week instead of Walt Disney World. We've been to Disneyland Paris and have thought on the last two times we went, quote, why don't we just save that money and go to Walt Disney World? Because it's Paris. My wife is a bit concerned we'll, we will, that we will, so my questions are this. Will we get the same feeling if we went to Disneyland, California? Man, dude, that's a show right there. Two, what are the draws you'd say apart from Cars Land and it being where Walt walked would make you go there over Walt Disney World? A Becky-specific question. If we can only go during the UK school holidays and we're looking to go in the last week of October, is this one of the cheaper times to go? And finally, thank you, Lou, for everything you do for us Disney fans. I had the honor of meeting you at Epcot during February's Meet of the Month and I've written about it on a trip report, which if you have time to read, I can send to you. Certainly, please do. It's sort of more of a blog than a report of our whole trip. You are the Yoda to my Luke Skywalker, my <laughs> Iron Man to my Captain America. Yes, I'm a huge fan of everything Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, etc. Love you, Jeremy Sada, big friend of the UK. Thank you much, and thank you, Becky, for all of your help. So, Jeremy, your questions really can be a show in and of itself, and I know that this show is actually going to air after a show I'm doing, a, I, I did in Disneyland about Disneyland because I just got back yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> I, my body clock is so kind of screwy. Um, will you get that same kind of feeling if you go to Disneyland, you know, again, without sort of uh, getting into a long discussion? I think we're all in agreement. It's not about one over the other or one that's better than the other. I think Disneyland, and, and I said this on the show that we recorded one of there. It is a, you know, much like Walt Disney World, it's a special place. It's a magical place, like Tahiti. And he's going to get that because he's a Marvel fan. Um, it's a magical place, like Tahiti. Um, so you will absolutely get that. And what, what draws you there, other than Cars Land and what Walt walked? A, the food, okay? <laughs> Matterhorn macaroon, chimichangas on, in the plaza, Cafe Orleans, Hungry Bear Restaurant. The list goes on and on. I actually... You probably heard this already. Did a show, 10 Reasons 
why every Walt Disney World fan and family needs to go out to Disneyland. Um, and I, th- I think it's not a matter of going there over Walt Disney World. I think you need to go there in addition to Walt Disney World. And I think one of the things he was asking, too, because he is from the U.K., is that they had been to Disneyland Paris before, and they were trying to do a little bit of comparison with that as well. And much like Disneyland Paris, the one thing I really do enjoy about Disneyland is that it's a more intimate experience. So it's not spread all over the place. You don't have to get on three buses to get to the places you want to go. And it doesn't take you 20 minutes to get there and 20 minutes to get back. You can walk or, in my case, waddle everywhere. (laughs) Pretty much. The close location, you can walk to everything. You can easily hop into a park and play in the morning and hop out into downtown Disney and have lunch and then hop back into the other park. I love their downtown Disney, by the I way. I do, too. It's so, it's so alive. It's just, it's totally full. Hey, and there's... Beignets. <gasps> Sorry, you just had to take me off task for, for a minute there, too. And, of course, just just the nostalgia of where you are. And how, they put so much development money in, into putting together the new California Adventure. That's such a wonderful place to be now. And you can see Oswald. I was so thrilled about that. But it, I, I'm with you that it's in addition to. It's not one or the other. But if you're trying to choose and you've never been to Disneyland and you enjoy that intimate feel that you have at Disneyland Paris... Give Disneyland a shot. You'll you won't regret it. I keep saying every time I go there, I fall in love with it all over again. Like I really fell in love with Disneyland, notwithstanding the food. I, I fell in love with the park itself. And for somebody who is a big Disney fan, especially, I highly recommend the Disneyland Hotel. A lot of people look at me and say, "Well, you know, the Grand Californian's right there, and this are upscale." The one thing I love most about the Grand Californian is it does have the easy access into the park, but you can also use it from the other hotel. The Disneyland Hotel is just so full of Disney, and it's that Disney spark and that Disney magic, and the the fireworks on the headboard, and the pool is amazing. And yeah. you like Trader Sam's and Steakhouse Fifty Five? Who are you kidding, woman? I'm, I'm kind of there with you on that one too. But even the memorabilia wall that's over down by the convention. Area, you could sit. A Disney fan could be in awe of that wall alone for a good couple of hours of entertainment. So, uh, I really highly recommend that hotel. Jeremy, Maddie, yeah, I, again, I think you will uh, you will truly fall in love and God save the Queen. Uh, <laughs> Jen Hondra says, "Hey Lou, I'm running my first tariff marathon this year. I am so excited. I know that you said you've done a half at Disney, so I was hoping you could help me answer this question. I'm not a very fast runner." I know I'll make it 13 miles, but I certainly won't be first to cross the finish line. Let me just stop you right here, Jen. Just remember, the guy who comes in last gets the exact same medal as the guy who comes in first. Is there a wide range of skill level people running in the race, or is everyone quick and athletic? You clearly have not been to the race before. Do you see people stopping to walk at all, just trying to figure out where I'm going to stand? Thank you so much, Jen. So I'm going to link in the show notes to a number of episodes we've done about the marathon and marathon experience, whether you're doing 5K, 10K, half, full, goofy, dopey, Dumbo, princess, whatever it may be. Avengers, man. Love the Avengers out in Disneyland, by the way. Um, Do I see people stopping to walk at all? I see people walking and stopping to take pictures, not even running at all. Like You can actually walk a fast pace and still finish with that 16 minute mile pace and make it an event and make it fun and take pictures and see characters and have a great time. Don't worry about feeling that you have to run. Go to Run Disney. Check out the Jeff Galloway method, that sort of run-walk combination. 
go at a pace that works for you. I will tell you that when I did my first and only half in 2008, don't laugh at me. This little body is not made for running. The longest I ever trained was for six miles, and I was able to finish uh, in under three hours, no problem, because of the environment, because of the energy, and because of the people. And I'm telling you, it'll be a, an experience that you will never forget, and you'll probably get hooked on it, too. Yeah. We, we started that whole thing. Wait, you say yeah, like you've done a half marathon. No, I have not done half, but I, looking back at the 5Ks, because it was something I always looked at and went, so intimidating, listening to the sound of a 5K. But not having done it before, you don't really know how long that is if you're thinking about it. And the one year, the first year that we said, you know what? Anybody who wants to try it, you may be a little scared about doing it. We're just going to walk it. We're going to walk it together. We're going to cross the finish line, and we're going to do it. Ever since then, I've done every single 5K that I've been able to, to do since because it is a little addictive. And just seeing the people who started at that level and did it with us at the 5K, and so many of them now are running the tens and the halves in many of the full, and some of them are now becoming dopies and goofies. It's really amazing how this has taken off and how it really gets addictive. Yeah, and if you are interested in doing it and maybe you want some help or some guidance, I, I, I welcome you and invite you and anybody else who's listening to join the WW Radio running team, which started out as my wife and I doing our half in 2008, is now uh, grown to a team of nearly 500 people, and we are runners, walkers, joggers, woggers, crawlers, <laughs> climbers, wheelers, whatever it may be. And I, if you want to come out and do the 5K, I, I have committed to do the 5K every year, and I will carry you across that finish line if I have to. You can visit www.radio.com slash running or click on the link on the homepage to find out more. Anybody of any skill level, or if you just want to come and cheer, is certainly welcome. And oh, by the way, we raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America, the most important part of what I do. And the quarter of a million dollars that we raised and the wishes that we have granted makes the running experience all the more better and rewarding. Which reminds me, this is perfect time to talk about the whole hugs, the, the sweaty hugs oh, for Lou this year, which, of course, Mouse Fan Travel is more than happy to sponsor again. So Why we'll, do I have you with what? We'll be talking, because it's for the children. We are going to oh. raise a lot of money for the children, and you're going to be just completely sweaty. Yeah, if you go to the running team page, you'll see a video <laughs> of the sweaty hugs, as yeah. it were. Anyway, <laughs> Carter writes and says, Hey, we're going to be in Walt Disney World for two weeks. Thought it would be something, thought we would try something new. We're going to try Teppan Edo in Japan. Love. Uh, for lunch, wanted some feedback on it. Not a big Japanese food fan, but I'm hoping I could just get the steak or something alone. Uh, what's the show like when they cook? Any other thing you can tell us? We also have reservations at La Cellier. What are the best things to get there for dinner? Thanks so much. Keep up the good work, Carter. So, Carter... I am a Japanese food guy. My favorite pavilion. Love the food. I just ate a ridiculous amount of sushi upstairs <laughs> at California Grill. Uh, and what's nice about Teppan Edo is you do sort of get a show with dinner, right? I love sitting around the big Teppan table or the, or the hibachi-style table, and they put on a great show there. But, yeah, you don't have to get Japanese food. You know, they do have... Uh, you know, certainly they have a lot, a lot of different sushi appetizers. But for your main course, you can get seafood or you can get steak. You can get a beef tenderloin or filet mignon as your hibachi main course if you don't want sesame seeds, if you don't want soy sauce. They're making it fresh for you right there, so they'll make it with 
or without anything you like on it. So you have a much wider variety of options than you might think. Don't let the idea of it being Japanese food scare you away. Yeah, because it certainly isn't the authentic Japanese food that you would think about in miso and, and going from there. It, I'm a very picky eater. And I'm I'm not very adventurous when it comes to my food choices, unlike Lou. <laughs> you know. Don't, don't judge me. I can't help it. So you can just order the steak and chicken, and it's going to come with some vegetables and some white rice. and Or it actually comes with the beef rice. Ask for the white rice, just a tip. Um, no, get the fried rice. What's wrong with you, woman? They don't, they don't do fried rice there anymore. It's the beef rice or the white rice at this point. Last time we were there. But they will do various vegetables from the grill and those who are a little bit more adventurous like you who will take down a plate of sushi in 2.6 seconds flat you were pretty impressed at what i did up in california grill this is the second time i now i have like three or four stories of you looking looking at a plate of sushi and me looking away and looking back and it's gone for a wee little man i i'm pretty impressed there were spot flames were coming off the chopsticks (laughs) they were moving so fast pretty much but you can order more traditional things like the tempura and the miso soup and sushi and, and other things. But more than anything, that is one of my favorite restaurants as well. And being a picky eater, if that tells you anything. But the show is fun. And it's fun for all ages. And it's even better for parties of eight. So if you have, you know, be prepared. <clears throat> if you haven't eaten at a hibachi-style restaurant before and you're a party of two, you're going to be seated with six other people. Because it's gonna, they're going to fill the table for you. But if you have a group of people, it's really fun. And the chefs do a great job of doing the tricks that they do. And I don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen it yet. Just know it's worth the, the time. It's worth the little show that they do. And the food is really good. Absolutely. I think you're not going to go wrong. Certainly, same thing, too, over at uh, Le Cellier. I think when, if, when you say Le Cellier to people, the first thing that comes to mind is cheddar cheese soup and steak. Uh, you know, you, if you're looking for a good steak... Inside a theme park, um, I'll qualify that because I think that Shula's and Yachtsman may offer you a, a actually better steak. But they have a really nice menu. I was there a few months ago with a friend, and of course, I got steak and, and cheddar cheese soup. But I do love the pretzel bread, and yes. my favorite new addition is the poutine. You, I, I am oh sweet somebody fancy Moses. That in Canada, it somebody turned me onto it when I was in high school because we used to call them what? disco fries. What? It's because when you left the club at three o'clock in the morning, and went to the diner, <laughs> you got French fries with cheese and gravy, which is kind of like what poutine is. It's French fries with gravy, and it's supposed to be cheese curds. It's not quite actual cheese curds, but I will tell you the poutine that they have at La Cellier, not all that bad. And I think now they have two or three different types of poutine as um, a side dish. I think they have a, a regular poutine, which is uh, the cheddar cheese, black truffle with the, sort of a red wine reduction. Huh. They also have a farmhouse poutine, which has a soft poached egg, tomato jam, bacon, and... Really? Yeah, a little arugula. And they also have a barbecued pulled pork poutine. Do the math. How bad could it possibly be? <laughs> so those are some of my favorites when you when when you think of La Cellier. Yeah, the two things I love the most. Canadian comfort food. Yeah, the, the two things I think about most, though, the pretzel bread. Yeah. I, I could just give me a basket of pretzel bread for dinner. But I really like it. Every time I think of it, people are going to laugh at me because, of course, you do think of the steak or the filet mignon that they have there. But... The chocolate mousse. Oh, I can't man. help it. Because it's like a, it's a wonderful little chocolate mousse, but then they have 
little cookies to make a moose face and a moose head, and it's it turn it is it attracts the eight year old in me. I'm shaking my head. I'm it's shaking so my head. Good. And if you're not a steak person, they do have salmon. They have actually they have an excellent salmon there as well. Uh, they have duck, short rib, bone and ribeye. Also, you can get pastas and vegetarian dishes as well. So uh, I think you got two really really good choices. So uh, Becky, we're actually running long on time, so we're gonna go. One last question, and this one's going to come all the way from Canada. Speaking of poutine, the land of poutine, Toronto, and it's from Ben Barclay, who's 16 and comes from Toronto, Canada. He'll be visiting the world, get ready for this, for the eighth time this year. I thought he meant the eighth time this year. I would have been very impressed. I think he means this year will be his eighth time here. Now that I'm older... You know, he's 16, he's older. I like to take a day or morning while my family is on vacation to myself and visit a park for a half day on my own. Parents, it's the one place I would let a 16-year-old go because it's safe and where could they possibly get lost. Uh, I have some options as to which day to choose, but I wanted to get your opinion of what park I should go to on my own this time. Hmm. On our last trip, I went to Hollywood Studios for a morning on my own. had a fantastic time getting pretty much all I wanted to do done. So... What do you think? Should I hit up the studios again or give one of the other three a try? This question is, what do you think is the best park to be experienced solo? Thanks so much for taking the time to read this. Love the show. Again, that's Ben Barclay. Ben, I love this question. I will tell you, I'm planning on doing an entire show about traveling to Walt Disney World solo because I think there's a lot of very cool, there's a lot of advantages going solo. When I used to live in New Jersey and come down on my own for quote-unquote research trips, my friends were like, you freak. It's one thing that you're like 30-something going to Disney World, but you're going by yourself. And I'm like, yeah, man. And I dig it because I can do the things I want to do when, where, and how. I don't have to worry about who wants to eat when. So I'm going to ask you this, Becky, and then I'm going to turn it over to the listeners for their, for their thoughts. What do you think is the best park in Walt Disney World to be experienced solo? Oh, you know, which one, to, for me, it becomes like, which one is, um, has single rider lines? Which, which one is going to have the best or the most single rider lines for me? Because if I'm looking for rides, and is that Epcot? But he's 16, and there, there are, you know, not as many of the upscale crazy rides. Wow, this is hard. <laughs> if I'm thinking about it off the top of my head, I'm, it also depends, I guess, on what he enjoys most. Does he enjoy walking around and looking at things and being part of... For me, I think it would be Epcot if I was going to do that. But for a 16-year-old, I'm not exactly sure. I knew you were going to say Epcot. Like, I knew you were going to say Epcot. And I actually thought this question was going to be harder than it is. But I think, and, and again, there's no wrong answer here. But Ben, I think the answer is Magic Kingdom. Because there's a, a lot to do there. You've got, if you want to do some of the thrill rides... You've got Splash, Space, Big Thunder. There's a ton to do there. There's also a lot to explore and to see on your own if you just want to sort of go and wander on your own, right? So I think it affords you a lot of opportunity to do things that maybe you would have to worry like, oh, if you have a younger family member that doesn't want to do thrill rides or maybe your mom and dad don't want to do it, you can go in and hit a lot of those things very quickly on your own. And actually my second choice... Mm-hmm. is not going to be Epcot Center. Really? It's going to be Disney's Animal Kingdom because he liked wandering around the studios for half day. Okay. You want to go and find a park to explore 
and wander and take your time and and get your hands into those little sort of nooks and crannies that the park has and get you know go on walk through Maharaja Jungle Trek go on the Pangani Forest Exploration mm-hmm. Trail go do Cali River Rapids or whatever it is that maybe other people don't want to do those would be my one too that, that's actually I can see that because if you're wandering around you're just kind of enjoying the atmosphere in the park that is a great place to do it because you're wandering through the trails and you're seeing all the different animals and you can just get stuck watching tigers. <laughs> and I think I've spent a good 45 minutes at a point watching tigers. So I guess it comes down to what, what he wants to experience most. If he wants to do rides, that's going to be a different park. But if he wants to just wander around and people watch and see and take in the atmosphere, then I think you're right. Probably Animal Kingdom would fit that bill. Same thing, though, with Magic Kingdom because that's what I do because I travel here by myself pretty much all the time when I come here because my poor husband gets to stay at home. But Wandering Magic Kingdom is a wonderful delight and I love people watching and you get on the TTA and go around 22 times and there's those type of experiences there so uh, here I'm throwing in my my best Libra because I could I could make a case for every park and I think Magic Kingdom offers you the greatest opportunity if you love the details if you love the history if you love the stories Magic Kingdom I think really is a great place to take time and explore your own and actually you know what Ben I'm going to offer you this. If you decide that you want to go to Magic Kingdom, shoot me an email to lou at wdwradio.com, and I will send you all of my virtual audio walking tours. You can download, listen to them in the park, or listen to them ahead of time, and hopefully make your experience in Magic Kingdom even better. But I want to hear from you, the listener. What do you think is the best park to be experienced solo? And if you've done it before, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at lou at www.radio.com, but better yet, call the voicemail, 407-900-9391. I'll play your answer on the air. You can also click on the button either in the podcast show notes or on the right-hand side of the homepage at www.radio.com and leave a voicemail right from your computer microphone and tell us what do you think is the best experience solo and why. And, of course, if you have an, a question that you want answered on the air about your upcoming trip, Food, drink, food, history, trivia, or food. Again, email me, lou at www.radio.com. And if you are planning a trip to World Land Cruise, Adventures by Disney, North Pole, South Pole, wherever it may be, go visit Becky and her team of agents over at mousefantravel.com and tell them Lou sent you, and you'll get a free hug. Free hugs. We give away free hugs all the time. It's really an important thing. But you did mention Lounge... Are we going to do that show about walking around the lounges? Because I've been looking for, forward to that for an eon. You have a one track. <laughs> you are like the monorail. You have a one track. Not that the monorail has only one track, but you get. You have a one track. Mon- We're sitting in a lounge. We're at the Outer Rim Lounge right now. We just left the California Grill. Why do we always end up here? We're, we're here a lot. Do you notice that? We are here a lot. We, meaning you, are at the lounge. There's a, actually, there's a plaque on the chair that says Becky's chair. Wow. So. No, that's with the Bellevue Room. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again for, for joining me. Always, it's always an experience. Wow. Now, I got to tell you, though, it's, it's a little bit more fun doing this in person. It is over Skype. Because I can hit you from here if necessary. It's, it's harder for me because you, have to, you can actually see my facial expression. So. <laughs> I can just kind of reach over and just slap you. This, you know, if you want to say mean things, I can, I can defend myself.
our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and, like this week, in what you hear. You can then enter for a chance to win the Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I was all about the voices, like I am again this week, in the parks, and we talked about the pre-show narrator in Soren, whose voice and whose character acting I enjoy so much, and I said that this person actually provides the voice narration for a number of characters in Disney full-length animated films, and your question was simply to name two of the characters that this voice actor played. Again, hundreds of you entered, knew, and clearly love the work of Patrick Warburton. You may know him from such shows as Putty in Seinfeld. You also knew him from Kronk at The Emperor's New Groove, and Kronk's New Groove I would have taken as well. He was the alien cop in Chicken Little, Patrick in Home on the Range, Blag in the Wild, not that many of you probably saw that. Planes, Fire and Rescue, he was Pulaski. Also, he was the voice of Royal Payne in Sky High. And to the very observant Walt Disney World and Disneyland theme park enthusiast, he's also in the queue of Star Tours as the TSA X-Ray Technician voice droid. So again, congratulations to all of you who got this one correct. I randomly selected one entry from all the correct ones. You are playing this week not just for all six of my virtual audio walking tours at the park and a copy of 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, both, both of which you can find in the shop over at www.radio.com, but you're also playing for the limited edition only can get or could have gotten at last week's Destination D Attraction Rewind event in Walt Disney World. Man, that was a mouthful, but basically it's a very limited edition, special edition Magic Band. The randomly selected winner from all the correct entries is, was, Tara Siegel. So, Tara, congratulations. Send me your address. I'll send you out your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, let's stick with the voices and the voice narration and some of what you hear in the attractions or maybe in the queue. So all you need to do this week is tell me where in Walt Disney World you could hear this line. Okay, but can we stop at a Mini Mart or something and get some snacks? That's it. You have until Sunday, December 6th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. You're playing for all the audio tours, 102 Ways to Save Money book, and guess what? I actually have a second D23 Destination D exclusive Magic Band limited edition just for you. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I also want to say big thanks to Dana Malloy, Karen Nicola, and John Antonides for the great reviews on Amazon.com of my 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book. I have more than 150 reviews. Love to get some more. Add your own. Please tell your friends and you can find out more by visiting Disney102.com. If you know somebody planning a trip to Walt Disney World or who's just a big or little Disney fan, 
it makes a great gift for the holidays, just saying. Anyway, uh, I also want to say that in addition to the podcast, please, every Wednesday night, come and join me for WDWRadioLive.com. I do a live video broadcast and interactive chat where you can be part of the conversation and discussion about this week's Walt Disney World news in the chat room every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at WDWRadioLive.com. When the news is over, stay on for a while longer. Ask me anything. We just get to uh, hang out and have some fun. Also, visit the website at WDWRadio.com for the blog, videos, newsletter, free mobile app, our discussion forum, and lots more. Love to hear from you. You can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 or use the button right on the show notes or on the homepage at www.radio.com. Leave a voicemail right from your computer using your microphone. If you have a question you want answered on the air, like in our email segment this week, you can email me at lou at www.radio.com. You can follow me over on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Same thing at Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. If you enjoy the show and want to let others know about it, you can pick up some official WDW Radio logo gear by visiting the shop page over at WDWRadio.com. And look, as much as I love connecting with you guys online and having conversations there, I believe that nothing, my friends, beats a handshake and a hug, which is why I do Meet of the Month every month in Walt Disney World as well as, well as other on-the-road events throughout the year as I go and speak to businesses and conferences and schools and things like that. Our next meet is going to be December 20th. Stay tuned to the events page or Facebook for the exact time and location. You can also visit lumangelo.com to find out other places I'll be speaking or find out how you can book me for your conference to consult with your you or your business or to come speak at your school. And if you are thinking about starting a podcast or have a podcast and want to really build your business and brand through podcasting, you can find out how we can work together with some group or individual coaching as well. Quick thanks to Mouse Fan Travel. As you heard, they are my official and recommended travel provider. Love Becky and her team. And no matter where you're going to any of the Disney destinations, they will help you with prices, details, reservations, whatever it may be, all at no cost to you but with an incredible level of personal service. Check them out over at mousefantravel.com and go to celebrationspress.com. There you can subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine and get a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your door each and every week. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, you continue to demonstrate that to me every day in so many ways. All I ask is that if you like the show, Please continue doing what you're doing. Help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links and comment over on Facebook. And please go to iTunes, rate and review the show there. We have more than 900 reviews so far. We'd love to get to 1,000 five-star reviews. Those are incredibly, incredibly helpful, as is you telling your friends and letting other people know that you're listening and you enjoy the show. And in, again, the spirit of Thanksgiving and the holidays, I am more grateful than ever to each and every one of you for taking the time to listen, for letting me do what I do, for letting me share my love of Disney through the show and so many other ways. And I honestly want to do anything I can to help you feel that same way every single day. And remember that, that what you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while, whether it's working towards a goal or working out or whatever it may be. Find that thing that you love, focus on it, and stay consistent, and always keep moving forward and never give up. I hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. So until next time, or next Wednesday, 
Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Kelsey from Long Beach, California. I was calling because I really enjoyed your recent episode, uh, number 385, 10 Reasons Why Every Walt Disney World Fan Needs to Visit Disneyland. Because, well, I'm a Disneyland local. I've been going there my entire life. Um, and I also got to experience Walt Disney World by attending a college program there at the Haunted Mansion back in 2011. So I think that every Walt Disney World fan needs to experience Fantasmic at Disneyland because it really shows how at Disneyland it's a much more intimate experience. Everyone gathered really close around um, the Rivers of America and then that part with the Columbia going by and Peter Pan and Captain Hook. It's so immersive in the fog and you feel like you're just there. And then at Walt Disney World, you're in that huge stadium, and there's that gorgeous scene with Pocahontas and the cannons, and it's much more a spectacle. And I think each show really shows what those parks are about. Walt Disney World has this huge show that's all-encompassing and awe-inspiring, and Disneyland is this really awesome, intimate social experience um, with everyone. So I just thought I'd share my thoughts and thanks for visiting my home park. Hope to see you next time. Bye. How's it going, Lou? My name is Brian Rainey. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Just thought I'd give you a call. And right now, right now I'm at the Italian Pavilion. It is the day after Thanksgiving. Just had a fantastic meal at the Tutto Italia restaurant. Some of the best lasagna I've ever had. And just coming from somebody who's been to Italy. So that was some awesome lasagna. But day after Thanksgiving, I came down for the basketball tournament, came to see the Kansas Jayhawks play, and we won today. Hopefully we'll win on Sunday. But that's it. I'm on my way to the studios, and then maybe over to Magic Kingdom in a little bit. So I'll call you later. Hey, Lou. West Palm Beach, you know, mixed team in the box. Hey, um, just listening to the latest podcast. I- I'm so glad you guys had a great time at um, – at Disneyland, um, it's it's one of those things how I need to do in the next couple of years. Um, too many going on over there, but uh, but you're so surrounded with great love and admiration. It, uh, it sounds like uh, it's a toss between order is going to take over the podcast. Um, but anyway, um, all the best to you. I'll send you a shout-out to your email. But anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, you take care of yourself, the best of your family from my family, and you get a sh- you give me a shout when you can, and you take the best care of yourself and everything else. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, Lou Mondello. It's Brian Rainey again from Kansas City, Missouri, and just calling you from Magic Kingdom. It's Monday, week after Thanksgiving. Having a good time, about to go ride Splash Mountain again, and everything's swell. Life is great. My dad won the Orlando Classic yesterday, so can't think of anything better right now. So I don't know what's cooler. I don't know if riding the monorail is cooler or just sitting back on a bench watching it go by. I'm not sure which one is cooler, but maybe your guest can chime in on that one. But anyway, let me go hop on this Splash Mountain because there's no wait time. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving from West Seneca, New York. This is Darlene Nagy calling in to say we have 
a little bit of snow on the ground. We're expecting three to five inches, and we have 185 days until our WDW Radio Disney Alaska cruise. I am so excited for this cruise. It's going to be amazing. Lou's got some stuff up his sleeve, which he's not letting on from the box last night. I'm excited. Yay. Um, I don't even think that I was surprised that we wouldn't be topped by first cruise, but now that I'm going on this cruise, I can't wait. I am excited. I've missed the last few, um, and this is now a bucket cruise. It's going to mean the world. So everybody, stay warm, stay thankful, think of your loved ones as I am thinking of mine. I am the luckiest girl in the world to have my family, my Disney family, and my friends and my Disney friends, and everyone in my life. Stay healthy this season, and enjoy your Thanksgiving. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Dream of the magic ahead. Have a great day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah!